You're recording live today from Sage Music here in Long Island City, a school that turns people of all ages from students into musicians. The school has a unique curriculum which teachers focus personal attention and utilize a holistic approach to teaching every student. The school is owned by inspirational Iraq War veteran Jason Sagabiel, who offers classes in guitar, piano, cello, violin, and voice. Also check out the recently opened new location in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. To learn more about Sage Music, visit www.sagemusic.co.co. We're also brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash improvnoise. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Improv Noise. And in order to get started, we need a suggestion of something you can't be. down with Kevin Hines. Enjoy. Are you, do you think a lot? I mean, speaking of uh, analyzing improv, do you think a lot while you're improvising? Not when I'm improvising. Uh, when I do play-by-play, I think. Okay. Um, but not when I'm in scenes and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit on the back. Probably more than I realize, but I, I mostly play an instinct and then afterwards think about everything. Really? Yeah. Nice. Wow. I've been doing this now 14 years, though. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's all, it becomes don't think, essentially. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Even though don't think, the UCB are like, oh, you're supposed to think. Uh, <laughs> I've actually heard that so much. Like, people are like, well, you should be thinking. Cause... Yeah. The UCB, uh, I think it was last year or maybe two DCMs ago, someone asked about that and they're like, that's from our TV show. <laughs> think. <laughs> um, but I actually don't, you don't want to think. You need to think till a certain point. Right. Right. Uh, I always compare it to baseball. Uh, that baseball, uh, like when you're swinging, you have to think about like keep my elbow up, my legs apart, eye on the ball, face forward. But I doubt, you know, Derek Jeter's getting in the biter's box, going, "All right, let me. Where's my elbow?" What's... He doesn't. He just gets up there and just does what feels natural. Right, that feels right. Yeah, and then if he's not getting hits, he goes to the batting cage and goes, "What's going wrong? I don't see. Oh, I'm not getting my elbow up or whatever." Right. right. So sending me with improv, I think it's like I get up in a scene, I just do it, and I'm like, "Oh, my scenes have been bad lately." What am I doing wrong? And then maybe I rehearse or mm-hmm. at the very least before I do a show, go, oh, you've been doing this a lot. Don't do that tonight. Right. <laughs> so uh, I, I think you need to make it instinctual mm-hmm. or you're not completely lost in the moment. Yeah. And if, yeah. If you do it consciously enough yeah. and then you get that good feeling, yeah. you're like, oh, I just have to go for that but good it, feeling. But of course, at a certain point, you're entering a scene going, all right, he said this. What's the game of the scene? What do I, you know, that's natural. Mm-hmm. But you want to get past it. Right. Mm. As soon as possible, or at least have a lot of a moment, I think, when you're trying just to do it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you still currently ask yourself during a set, like, what is the game of this scene? No. no. I never think about game uh, <laughs> ever <laughs> until it's over and someone asks me. <laughs> nice. That's great. Even That's a great answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, like, Will and I would do shows and he'd be like, oh, we didn't play any games. I was like, I have to go, well, you're right, we didn't. But, like, I don't think about it during. <laughs> right. Uh, so do you think that the tr- being, being trained in-game has allowed you to let go of it a little bit and still... Yeah. Um, yes. I think, I think what I think is really happening a lot in your classes is more than learning how to be funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can teach that. I think you're learning how to communicate what you think is funny. Ooh. And either the audience agrees or they don't agree. <laughs> uh, so what, what it's taught me how to do is like, oh, that made me laugh. 
I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And I can now do that more often in a way that my scene partners get and the audience gets. So then they, they can laugh with me. Um, when it used to be, it's like, oh, that's funny. And then I'd make a move and no one would get it and be like, it's not that that move wasn't funny. It's just I didn't get either why it was funny right. or how to communicate what was funny about it. Yeah. That, that's, those are two really awesome tenets on like understanding what it is that's yeah. funny and being able to communicate that effectively. Definitely. And that, that's the thing. I think that's a big sticking point for students. It's just like, uh, oh, th- they don't know what the game is because they don't know why it's funny. Like, that was funny. Why? I guess because I said this line. <laughs> it's like, no, that line was funny, but why was that? You know, and it's like, then they have to kind of really understand it. And that's hard. It mm-hmm. is. And that's where I think, going back to what you said earlier, um, teaching makes you a better improviser because it made, because I have to now explain to students why their scene is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to understand why they're seen. I can't just be like, that was funny. Do it again. I have to be like, that was funny because you did this. Because you said it this way, because of the the you know, the facial expression is what made that funny. So you have to do that again. That's so cool. Uh, in Mick Napier's book, he said his one of his biggest pet peeves is the the whole like quote unquote magic of a great scene where it's like yeah. everything just worked and it worked, and then the teacher's like, great, two more, great, let's do more of that, yeah. and they don't know exactly how to dissect a great scene. Yeah, and I feel like that that's pretty. Pretty close. What good games. scenes are more important than bad scenes. I mean, to do <laughs> right. feeling a good scene, I think teaches you more than feeling a bad scene. Mm-hmm. Feeling a bad scene helps a little bit because you're like, oh, don't do that again. <laughs> but feeling a good scene is like, oh yeah. I mean, uh, it's like uh, going back to baseball. A bad swing, you're like, oh, don't do that again. Right. But doing a good swing is like, oh, that's how it should feel. Right. Like you know that when you're in that scene where it's like that was effortless, you didn't think about it, and it fucking killed, and you know it. Mm-hmm. And then you step off, and you're like, oh, that was good. You're like, that's how it should always feel. And so it's like improv muscle memory. Yeah. It is an improv muscle memory. The best memory. shows are the shows where it, like, it was effortless. Right. It's like, ah, oh, I went on stage, and now it's 30 minutes later. I can't believe it's 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And it was just nothing was hard. <laughs> and that's because you felt it. Yeah. You don't have to think about anything. Nice. Do you, do you feel that regularly? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I, I was just curious. I feel it in scenes and moments. Oh, okay. uh, it's rare when I have 30 minutes where it's like beginning <laughs> to end. Oh, so good. <laughs> that was the best lottery yeah. I've ever done. <laughs> right, right. Uh, maybe maybe uh, like really – maybe like a Tamanic might feel that. I don't know. Somebody really awesome <laughs> might feel that. Oh, you're up there. Yeah. John Lutz maybe feels that way all the time. I don't know. Totally. I do too, but that's oh, sure, yeah. between <laughs> me, myself, and I. It's yeah. not a thing. Uh, and on that, feeling awesome, we're feeling awesome because we're seated here today with Mr. Kevin Hines. Nice. Uh, uh, head of the uh, UCB Training Center. That's here right. In New York City. The New York uh, side of it, yeah. Uh, currently on the weekend team, The Curfew. That's right. Uh, which was formerly Reuben Williams, right? We, or, we were born out of Reuben Williams. Born out of Reuben yeah. Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of your former teams. Uh, it's okay if I read your other former teams. Sure, team. it's great. Uh, other former teams include um, The Scam. Yeah, Fwand, Mailer Demon, The Rockets, uh, Filth. Yep. And uh, did I miss any? Those are all my UCB teams. The UCB teams plus yeah. Indie Team Primal Bias. Yep. And then uh, you play with your brother Will Hines and the brothers Hines pretty That's regularly. Right. And the first Wednesday of every month, you're in play-by-play. That's right. Uh, at t- 8 UCB o'clock. East at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. on Wednesday. So go to yeah. that, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's after Lloyd Knight and Hot for Teacher. Come uh, and right before the jam. So whatever you like yeah. on Wednesday, mm. add play by play to that. <laughs> well, Wednesday night they're branding as like improv night or whatever, right? Yeah, I think Bucky did night. that branding, yeah. and that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's totally improv. I love Wednesday nights at the Beast. Yeah, you really can't go wrong. It's a great night. Uh, yeah. I love being a part. I love when Brothers Hines is a part of it. Uh, I'm glad play by play is in that slot. Like when I asked Nate to get us back in the schedules, like anytime I want it back, but. <laughs> 
in my heart, I was like, I want it Wednesday. <laughs> it's a fun night to be a part of. And it, really uh, it responded, your heart responded yeah. well. I didn't ask for it, but I wanted that. <laughs> nice, nice. Very cool, very cool. So, yeah, um, so so pretty much when, when like, what are your earliest memories as teaching? I think I think you said you've been teaching since two thousand eight, or at least that's what I've read. Or uh, if you read that, then that's accurate. I'd have to, I'd have to stop and think, do the math to so figure out. Spring two thousand eight. That sounds right. So so during those first classes, did you feel yourself questioning like how you felt about things, or like how you're like, oh, uh, I guess like 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 you're talking about really having to explain why things are yeah. funny. Um, from coaching, I'd gotten through a lot of that. Oh, okay. Um, coaching because coaching is good people who know their shit. Right. Often, and having to explain to them stuff like they're they're not going to miss a beat. You can't lie. You can't fake your way through a good group and be like, "Oh, that was funny because this." Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so I think I'd figured out most of that through uh, teaching's easier. Uh, in some in some senses, I think it's easier uh, because you have a curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's like I know what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. It's like. Coaching, it's like, I've been coaching you guys six months. Now what do I need to work on? What's next? <laughs> How do I keep making you get better? Right. Like when you hit that six-month point with a coaching, I find that very tough. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I, you're doing all the stuff I want you to do or you're not. And if you're not, I don't know what else I can say. Right. If you are, that's the stuff I care about. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> now how do I push you to the next level? That's a tough thing that I – so I often like after six months, I'm like – Get someone else. That, that's common, right? To usually every six months get a new coach. Yeah, anyway. but uh, at the same time, like if it's working, teams right. don't want to do that. Oh, like, okay. you know, we're working with you. We don't want to, this is fun. This works. You're into it. Right. So that could be tough. And if you're having fun, it's like, yeah, why move on? <laughs> but I'm not giving you anything. Why? So it can be tricky. But teaching is easier because it's like two months and you, you start over. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I still have more to teach them after two months, but I'm out of time. So it's like, great. <laughs> it's nice to be in that spot where it's like, I still got stuff to say. So outside of the curriculum, when you're teaching, what is one thing that you've discovered while teaching or whatever that you really want to impart to classes? Um, the big thing over the last couple of years is just in it. Oh, I hope Bester's not listening. Uh, that <laughs> game is not as important to me as just listening and re- reacting. Right. Because uh, you can't play game if you're not doing those things. Game is very important. But when people start thinking about game, they stop acting real. Uh, all the basics go away. Really, though? And then... They have like they might have a game, but it doesn't. You don't care, right? Uh, and if they're really listening and really connected to each other, then the game presents itself. Then you have to catch the game and play the game, but uh, that's not even an option otherwise. Mm-hmm. And good improvisers can just like throw out a game and then connect afterwards. But newer improvisers need to be in that moment, really be in like really be whoever they say they are, and then when that funny thing happens, have that part of their brain light up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people try to run before they walk, I think, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, we hit games so hard, it's understandable. And that's yeah. the most exciting part. It's fun. Game is the funny thing. Right. And what I'm saying is don't worry, don't do not do the funny thing. Yeah. Just be two guys uh, taking out the garbage. <laughs> well, that sounds boring. I want to be the funny version of that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you'll get there. <laughs> It'll be funnier yeah. if, you, if, you, if you just relax. Like, I love around. teaching two one, but my first two weeks is all like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're working too hard. Pull back. Pull back. Right, right. Stop. You initiated a really funny idea. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, it's like that could be a good scene, but you can't make that a good scene yet, or you can't reliably make that a good scene. Right. Yeah. It's all. It's all about responding exactly what you just heard. Yeah. The last few words you just heard, and what does that mean? Yeah. And, so and then also like remembering and listening to yourself and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, I was just taught today, so this is all in my mind. But uh, somebody initiated a very big scene. A funny dude. Um, 
about being like people who lived in a snow globe. Okay. It's like, that's a big idea. Mm. And then right away he got very panicky. He's like, how'd I get in here? What's this going on? What's that over there? I'm like, if you live in a snow globe, that's normal to you. Yeah. But he, but he was too worried about like, well, I had that one funny thing. What's my next funny thing? It's like, God, you do, he doesn't know how to play the reality, which mm. is also why probably he initiates such a big thing. But he could get away with that if he could then settle down and really make me believe he's a guy who lives in a snow globe. Yeah, why not? Because I think that's a great scene. Check yeah, the weather report. Great to me. Yeah, yeah, just check the weather report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like at the very beginning, it was like, oh, I hate when they shake the snow globe. Oh. And it's like, great. That's a, that'd be the worst part of your life if you lived in a snow globe. Dude, personal hell. But then yeah. the next one was like, why won't that statue move? And what's in that house? And like, right, right, right. it's like, well, how do you not know those things? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept talking. It was like, it's like living in New York and being like, how'd I get here? <laughs> so you can hate New York, but you moved to New York when you were born and you know how you got here. Right. <laughs> Right, it's not yeah. uh, the homeless man yelling at you isn't unusual to you. Right, you just know it. Yeah, you live here. Yeah, and it's the same. Also, like when, when I see uh, earlier improvisers, so like they play a married couple that's their first choice, but then they argue about anything. I'm right. just like, hold on, you guys are a married couple. Yeah. You guys have known each. You guys know each other's. They're also thieves. surprised by things all the time. Uh, yeah, why are you doing that? It's like, ugh. <laughs> then they're just not. You don't know each other. <laughs> Good divorce, I guess. Oh, improv yeah. scenes. Married improv scenes go to divorce so quickly. <laughs> yeah, they really do. They fall apart. It's like, did you do the dishes? No, we should get a divorce. <laughs> <It's> like, wow. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> You've got issues. There was a long stretch where anytime anyone did an improv scene where they seemed happily married, I was. It was so much better to me. I was like, oh, yeah. it's so rare when I see a happy improv marriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always something wrong yeah. with the marriage. I think I see that more often than not now. I think people are together, but uh, there was a long stretch where it's just every marriage scene was about a family heading towards broken home. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so going back to the listening and responding, like uh, uh, I, I, I love, the, I love that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I love like because I listen to Improv for Humans pretty regularly. I think that's a great, that's a great way to up close and personal listen to how they respond off the last thing they yeah. just heard, and it's just back and forth on the last thing they just heard. Essentially, yeah, you never will hear. And Bester's a game machine, but you'll right. never hear him not acknowledge the previous thing. You're never going to hear him be like, "Oh, he thought of that three lines ago and said it." Yeah. Right, right. If, exactly. if he did, he hides it well in the response to what that person just said. Right, but yeah, and 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 that's that's so much fun. The, the, the thing with the thing with me though, and this is what I've been working on lately, is is, is do you agree? You also have to have like a bird's eye view of the scene. Do yeah, you agree or just you need a micro and macro level, micro macro focus. Right? I've been lately the way I think about it, and I think this is how I do it. Is I have a front of a brain and a back of a brain, um, and the front of my brain is just doing whatever. I'm listening. I'm responding. You scare me. I'm scared. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. It's just like, <laughs> just in the moment, nothing else. But the back of my brain is sort of like keeping track of everything else. Like, oh, don't forget to do this. This is the game. So keep an eye out for this. Or the show is kind of thematically doing this. So maybe go for it. Like if you're doing something really right. big, right? Uh, so you, you, so you, any of that stuff's in the back of my brain. I'm not thinking about it actively. But every now and then, when I have like a breath, the back of my brain's like, hey, don't forget. Don't forget about this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, right, right. But I can't worry about that. I'd rather miss that right. uh, than, than – uh, I'd rather miss that and be listening than to do that and not be in the moment. Not right. present. Totally. Yeah. I mean also I don't come from an acting background. So this might be different for people who are like took – went to acting schools and, and took and acted, acted, acted and then started getting into improv. Maybe that's still second nature to them. But for me – I took classes, you know, I watched TV. That was, you know, <laughs> I don't, 
like that to me is like I have to act first, right. and then hopefully I can write game second. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so do you consider? I, I also do believe that the improvisers can can either the, the, some lean towards the writerly, some leans towards the actorly. Yeah, right? would you would you consider yourself leaning more towards the actorly? I'm definitely. I mean, I I care more about the actorly, but I play more like a writer. I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. When I was coming up, I wrote all my scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, I I sat in the back line. I thought of my initiation. I thought of where it would go after that. It was I was planning it out. Uh, that doesn't work. That's <laughs> still like I'm still I initiate more than I don't initiate. You know, uh, less so now in the curfew. We've got a lot of initiators. But like when I would do Brothers Hines, and Will right. will admit this, I initiated four fifths of our scenes. I would guess. <laughs> I would definitely initiate three. If we did a Herald, I would initiate three out of four of those first scenes right. that were not off of doing second beats. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I saw you guys do the Herald at this last DCM. I yeah. think. I think. I think. I remember. I remember it was a good Herald. Yeah. I just uh, Will doesn't initiate. Uh, Will edits, and Will <laughs> makes them funny. Right. But like Will doesn't initiate that much, so I feel that. <laughs> and I Will also is happy to like, come out and just sit, and wait for the initiation. And I can't. I'm like I need to get. I just want to. I don't, I can sit right after the initiation. Right. But I need that first thing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so you're not. It's always going to be something verbal. You don't start I, usually with a physical. Or if emotional. it's physical, it has to be very clear. It has oh. to it has to tell you. It has to give me something. Right. Uh, if I like come out and just like make a sandwich, <laughs> it's not enough. I don't know, especially for a herald. <laughs> you could maybe do a scene, but I would get antsy very quickly. Like, what's going on? Why am I making a sandwich? Right. But if I made a sandwich in a certain attitude with it, maybe that'd be enough. Okay. Like if I angrily made a sandwich, <laughs> I'm like you know what? That's enough. I've got an idea now. There's something to build on. You what? just got divorced. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. divorced. Loveless marriage. <laughs> as far as like if you came out and made a sandwich, and this is a subjective question, but what do you think is more important, the why or the how? Um, why I'm making a sandwich? Not in that case. Not the how I'm – neither. <laughs> I don't know. But what do you, uh, what do you mean really, the why or the how? I think the real – the most important thing to me is what's real, what, what, what it's going on right now. Okay. And making a sandwich is not what's going on right now. Okay. Because that's not interesting. No. I don't want to see a scene about two guys making sandwiches, but like – if I was angrily making a sandwich, uh, it's like, all right, why am I angry? That's what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Why am I making a sandwich? Uh, I don't know. Not really. Interesting. So you chose the how first of the anger. You chose your emotion, and then you justified yeah. it? I mean, I'm, I'm picking this out of uh, uh, the very limited. a hypothetical right. situation. Like, if that's how I started the scene, if I came out and just... Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know anything else other than, like, but now I need to know why am I so angry. Yeah. What's driving this guy? The sandwich is nothing. I could be <sighs> doing anything. Yeah, really. You know, I could be uh, 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 washing windows. I could be at work typing on the computer. But, like, none yeah. of that's as interesting as, like, why is this guy in a bad mood? <laughs> right, right. I'm watching that on TV. I'm like, what's he thinking about? <laughs> interesting. Yeah, what's the greater meaning yeah. of what's going on? It's just, like, what's the most interesting thing right now? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have to answer any question until I understand that, and then I can play it. I was I had a question posed to me recently, which was pretty interesting. Um, as far as, like, finding... Finding, especially the first beats of a herald, is finding a game. Yeah, but uh, um, I was asked because I was working with a group, and, and I was asked like, uh, they're like, well, shouldn't we just narrow in on one unusual thing? I'm just like, yeah, I guess you should have the most fun thing to you. I think it's fun. Yeah. However, it's I, I wouldn't recommend leaving other unusual things go. You should call. You should you should call attention to like if something is totally unusual, yeah. and ridiculous, but it's not necessarily the game you've been playing. You can't leave it be. Right. You got to call it. Now, it granted, depends, for it a depends group. how unusual it is, right? Right. Okay. Uh, if you're playing a game, and if the game is, um, 
I'm trying to make up a game. Uh, like uh, an unintimid- the most unintimidating robber? Yeah, okay. So a robber that no one is scared of. Right. That's what's unusual. And then in that scene, um, uh, uh, my wallet is all $2 bills. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's unusual. But is that is that more unusual than the robber? Then we don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, and I would okay. rather ignore it than spend five lines talking about it. If you get one right. line off of it, you can move on. Right. Why so many $2 bills? I like the tip. Yeah. It's a good tip. It's a good tipping bill. There you go. You know, then, then maybe that's enough. But does that, is that funny? That doesn't help the scene. <laughs> uh, if, like, you know, why $2 bills? Are there $1 bills? I don't know. Like, that might be funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course there's $1 bills. Hey, don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm the- sorry. And then you get back to the robber being scared. But you need to get back to that very fast. No, that's When I teach, I get very afraid that, like, a new unusual thing comes. They start playing that game. Right. The original game is lost, which is only good if the new game is better. Right, okay. Yeah. So only if it's better, uh, it's And that's fine very subjective, focus. of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to think it's – I mean, that's those examples maybe aren't great, but, like, if it's a really small, unusual thing, let it go. If it's a medium-level, unusual thing, all right, you can touch on it. If it's a big, unusual thing, maybe it takes over. Mm-hmm. But if it's late in the scene, that's dangerous because right. you're not going to know what game to play in your second beat. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. If you're playing a funny scene and then a better scene shows up, <laughs> don't you want to play that better scene? Yeah. It just depends how quickly you get there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And then if the better scene takes over, you just continue from there. With yeah. The second beat I mean, I think theoretically that doesn't happen too often because right. you're coming off an opening. So you've got three battle tested games already, right. hopefully. Yeah. Or things that are ready to be games. But uh, if something really better just organically pops up, it's how do you resist? <laughs> if it's really a game and not just like a funny moment. Hmm. You know, a pattern could take over a game, but it shouldn't because then there's nothing to play. Um, you know, like. Uh, I remember doing a Fuan show with Gabrus where he was just having fun pulling down pull charts. <laughs> and that was – it was funny. There was like funny specifics in it, but that wasn't a game. Right. We spent way too long pulling down charts and commenting on that. I don't even remember what the game of that scene was. But I remember being in a submarine and pulling down a chart somewhere. Uh, and it was really fun. But it was like – afterwards, it was like, yeah, we did that too much. Because it wasn't really a game. It was just a funny moment that surprised us. And then we wanted to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And it, we would have been better served by not touching it that much. So then every time we did it, it would be – Awesome. What's the difference between like a funny pop that happens and that that response from an audience is laughter, yeah, and something that is a game and a pop that way? Is it explorable? Mm. Like if it's something that's just uh, a fart noise is a great example of like yeah. I'll laugh at a fart yeah. always. But what do you do with it? <laughs> like if it's just the noise, no. then you you can do it again, but you won't get as big a laugh. You can do it at a different time, but if it was just the fart that was funny, that's not really the. It's like right. so. Then what is what's funny about it? So it's, it, that's just a moment, right? Uh, so then, like, that's not worth. Exp- you can't explore it. That's just a, a lucky thing, and you'll try to save it for a long time, and then do it when no one's expecting it. Yeah, you can do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's explorable, I'm keep using this example. Like it was when I farted. Right. Great. Now you can keep doing that because it's like when I fart, I fart at the worst possible right. moment. Right. So then it's like great. Now I can do another worst possible moment and then fart again, or mm-hmm. even not fart, do something else to ruin the moment. F- funeral eulogy stuff like right. that. Yeah. Romantic moment. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, honey. No, it's, that's the last one. <laughs> this is romance. I'm sorry. I don't know what I had for lunch. Blah, blah, blah. And then, does it again. Yeah, that would be funny. But if it was just like a funny noise, it's like, oh, that's not enough. It might still get a laugh. Or another good example is like specifics get laughs. Mm. Like You just mentioned something the audience recognizes. Right. It's going to get a laugh. Um, 
you know, if I, I make an, incep- an Inception reference, mm-hmm. oh, I know that movie, and you'll get a laugh. <laughs> oh my god! But it's like, isn't that, that's not a real laugh? So I can't just keep talking about Inception. So just let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a thing though uh, where, where references are funny, and people are re- there's some, there are some players who are just really good at references. Sure, but they have to keep coming up with more references. <laughs> they got to be a pop culture yeah. machine at that point. Yeah. yeah well. So if that's the funny thing, uh, the the second thing you mentioned earlier that I thought was really interesting was communicating that funny idea. Yeah. Um, can you rip that apart a little bit? Uh, that's the hard part. Um, <laughs> right. It's like, why is this funny to me? Like, it used to be like I would watch a movie and just be like, oh, I like this movie. But right. now it's like I watch a movie. I'm like, oh, I like this movie because it does this and I didn't expect it because of this reason. And that surprised me. And, oh, now, yeah. and like that's so it's like when I do the funny thing, it's like playing all those aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. Uh, uh, and a, a great example is always like something that's could be offensive, where it's like, oh, you're offending me. Oh, you did it that way? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, and I remember doing a scene on Scam with Eddie Dunn, where Eddie Dunn did like a swinging door. Do you guys know swinging yeah. doors? I don't know. So outdated. Uh. It's I guess for the for the listeners, you come off the back line. Someone grabs a shoulder, the back yeah. of the shoulder of an improviser, turns them around like a swinging door, so so they're now front facing each other. Mm-hmm. And you quickly, like a back flash, mention something like yeah. it's a flashback, yeah. and you send them back to look at the partner they're looking yeah. at earlier. And it's mostly done. I think people now do those tag outs more right. often than not. But it's basically like a flashback or like it's like a Family Guy or Simpsons mm-hmm. like cut to something that ha- or uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah. It's a quick cut and then you cut back. Right. That's really what it's used for. So Tenny Dunn had done something where somebody was on a bad date and he was their brutish father giving them bad advice on how to date. It's a pretty classic swinging door move. Uh, and he was like basically saying like, hit your girlfriend. And the audience <laughs> did not like this, okay. rightfully so. Did not get a reaction. You could feel the unease. Mm-hmm. Swung back, scene continues. So, But Eddie Dunn, this great improviser, was like, that didn't work. But he knows there's something there. There's a reason that led him to do that. So he does it again. Because a good improviser doesn't give up. He's like, I'm not going to just pretend that didn't happen. Do it again. <laughs> so he does it again. Doesn't work. Worse now. They don't like this guy. Uh, they don't like this Eddie Dunn. Very <laughs> likable man, Eddie Dunn. Audience is now turning on him. Swings back. And I know Eddie Dunn's going to do it again. And then it re- real, I realize what's funny about it to Eddie. So I wait. I kind of have this moment. I'm like, oh, if Eddie does it again, I think I know how to make it work. <laughs> and he does it again. And then while Eddie's giving this advice to his son... I come on and I pretend I'm cuffing him and putting him into a cop car <laughs> as he's giving this advice. And Eddie Dunn immediately realizes what I'm doing and starts like, don't forget what I said. Don't forget. Like, while he's, like, he knows he's going to jail and he kind of commits to that. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's funny because we have to hate this. He wants yes. us. He wanted the audience to hate him. Right. But they were hating Eddie. They weren't right. hating the character. Right. So he made them hate the character. Uh, and then when the guy swung back, even he understood it better because now he learned – he learned from his criminal father how to treat women, and that's why it was he was in this weird place. And I don't even think that the character in the present was like hitting his girlfriend. Right. He was just acting tough for no reason. Right. right. But it, like now, it all made sense. It's like you were raised by a fucking thug, <laughs> and so it was just like realizing that's like we need to let the audience know we don't like this guy either. Right. Right. And once they know that, they're on board. Yeah. Wow, that's complete mastery of an idea. Yeah. It's, well, it took it's, me three tries, and it also took Eddie not giving up. Like, if Eddie had been like, well, that didn't work, I'm not going back, <laughs> we couldn't have figured that out. But it was just Eddie being like, I can't not do it. Because that's, I mean, that's Eddie. Eddie doesn't get scared. 
you know, uh, and just being able to do that. You're, so you framed the character and told the audience, we're just as smart to understand yeah. who this character is. You have to po- – like, I had to say, like, no, no, no. This is what we're laughing at yeah, over yeah. here. You, you thought we were <laughs> laughing at hitting women? No, we don't yeah. think that's funny. We think it's funny that someone would think that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're laughing at the scumbag. Yeah. The idea of, of what's going Why on. Why would you think that's good advice? That's what's, I guess, funny <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. It also brings up something – like it seems like I've seen this before. The improviser is not giving up. If you have an idea you're super excited about and it doesn't work, and yeah. Then, and if but if you keep, you don't have to drop it. You're allowed to keep pushing it, and eventually, because <laughs> it becomes a pattern, it does get funny. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I've definitely done things where I've pushed and it hasn't worked. <laughs> uh, I know. I always love doing this. It never works. The move of like. What that man? He was dead six years ago. <laughs> uh, uh, so you weren't talking anymore. Like you went to the diner. That diner burned down, nineteen eighty four. It never gets a laugh. I think the audience is like, oh yeah, we get what you're doing. And it's not funny, but to me, it tickles me. Yeah, and I've seen other people do it. I laugh, but I'm also the only one in the room laughing. So like hitting that over and over again doesn't necessarily help me. So it doesn't always work. Gabrus is also John Gabrus. Yeah, used to be in a, when he was on Flaunt with me, he was somebody who would never give up on anything. Right, and he could often bully it to being funny somehow uh, but i don't think it always works yeah it's great when it does work <laughs> yeah i remember being on an indie team doing a character who was like a super speed star like the flash and the, the i was just playing this game of like you weren't seeing it i did it already i ran over there it's sort of okay move the audience was not on board it wasn't that good mm-hmm. sort of an obvious joke with that character but I, I was a young improviser. I didn't know, and I kept doing it. I kept doing it. It just didn't work. I brought the character back like three times in the show, <laughs> even though it never got last. Because I sort of like, I want to play this superhero. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very end of the show, a bomb exploded, and we went into slow motion. And I ran on stage as this character and like started moving things around and saving people, just running at normal speed. And it went over huge. Nice. And I lucked into it. It should not have worked. Mm-hmm. And even in that moment, I'm like, I am lucky. That we ended up having this other scene that set him up to come back well, in a way that the audience, like, lo- like it felt like, oh, they knew they were going to do that to me. Yeah. And I just was lucky. It, like, if I'd done it again in any other way, it would not have worked. Yeah. Was the explosive maybe to frame your character? Or was that I mean, it was a separate scene. Totally separate. Yeah. Okay. It was like a connection at the end of the show. Once, it, once we went into slow motion, I was like, oh. <laughs> this is perfect <laughs> and it, it went over huge um awesome well, that's always awesome when yeah. an indie show can crush at the end you know yeah, yeah. the walk off uh yeah it was an indie it was an indie cage match like night too so it really paid off too amazing Sweet. you guys won we did that show yeah nice, nice. way to go uh yeah this made us <laughs> thank you congratulations man 2003 <laughs> that was 11 years ago yeah, yeah, we're yeah. still yeah. getting congratulations for yeah. it man everybody keeps talking about it yeah sure <laughs> people are on. it's all a buzz so what do you think the biggest difference was for you personally between when you were doing indie shows like that and then when you did get onto an house team um like as far as who how you were as a performer and how you approach things by the time i got on a team i was confident I mean, that was the big thing. I mean, right. I was confident before I got on to it. At a certain point, that clicked in. And then, at some, and then at some point, that was enough, you know, with everything else to get me on. But, like, I remember being on my first Herald team. And maybe this is also just compared to other people who got on. It took me a while. So by the time I got on, I was like, yeah, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> it's go time. Like, I wouldn't – I wasn't one of those people who got on and got nervous and was like, oh, God, I have to be really good. I don't want to get cut. I want to stay. I was like, all right, I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to do what I'm doing or it will work or it won't work. I'm just – I'm not going to stress about it. I yeah. want to get better but I'm not 
I don't want to get better to, out of fear. Right. Or out so of I was to, way past that. Yeah. Or to feed your ego or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confidence is huge. Super huge. I don't – I shouldn't even be one to talk about it because it's not what I had growing up. But <laughs> in improv, like I had moments where I switched over and got more – I could feel myself become more confident. Um, and when those moments happened, like I do remember being uh, uh, on my first Herald team, the Rockets, which was not a good team. And my friend Eric Tanoi came and watched it. And his first show, he was very nervous, rightfully so. He was on an amazing team, and Eric was super funny on it. But like, even within like a month, Eric was ten times better as he relaxed. Mm. Uh, and he's one of the funniest guys, and he just relaxed. But like, you know, I saw him, and he was like, you know, he wanted it to work, uh, and it did. Uh, but on my team, when he watched me, he was like, you were like in every scene. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just wasn't nervous anymore. I was like, ah, just feeling it, bro. And it also helped that like my team wasn't that good, so I'm like. <laughs> It didn't feel like, oh, I got to live up to these guys. I'm just like, all right, well, I'm as good as these guys. Like, <laughs> we're not working, so what am I going to do to hurt this? Nice. Uh, so maybe that was part of it. Maybe if I was added to a great team, it would have no, been different, I, but I don't know. Yeah, I remember Lewis Kornfeld talked about that. It's like part of getting into the flow is just not giving a fuck, but caring yeah. enough to do good work. It probably also helped me get on. The, the When I finally got on a team was the audition where I went and going, I'm not getting on. Like <laughs> yeah. I used to always say, like, oh, I probably won't get on, but it was the time I was like, I'm not getting on. I never get on. I, even though this was the first time I ever got called back, I was like, well, I'm not getting on. That's the first time I was called back. If I just got good enough to be here, yeah, you need 15 what are the more odds that I'm also good enough to be on? How can I make that big a jump? <laughs> and I was in an audition with like Zach Woods. He's uh, pretty good. Uh, who's really good. It's pretty good. And a few other uh, really good people. And like we had a great Herald and like we left the room and Zach was like, oh, you're really, we didn't know each other. He's like, you're really good. I'm like, yeah, you're getting on a team. I know who you are. <laughs> I've heard of Zach Woods already. Yeah. And you're not on any got on a team. And I got on a team like four months later. Nice. But it was because of that audition. And even afterwards, like uh uh Manzukas was like, Oh, you were really good and uh uh Paul Shear I think was there and he was like, Oh you, we're gonna hope to get you on which is very flattering. Oh, but cool. I was like, No, you're not. <laughs> I didn't I was like I was like, I don't believe you that I'm gonna be on soon. And like two people got added before me. So it's like even then, if like I had believed it, it would have probably been crushing. But I just was in that phase of like I'm not just I'm just doing it now because I like it. Yeah, and I'll stop the moment I don't like it anymore. Amazing, and that helped me at least. Right. Not- I don't think it necessarily would help everyone, but that's what I needed to do. I needed to just literally be like, I mean, the sad part is like, like my first couple groups of peers had all gotten on, so I didn't have that like we did it together. Right. I was sort of like, oh, you guys are already over here now, and I'm just getting <laughs> in the door, but. Uh, I was definitely in a better place. Yeah, it sounds like you were just doing it for yourself at that point. Yeah, I was just having fun. I mean, uh, yeah. And that, that that that's where confidence... You can't not be confident if you don't give yeah. a shit, essentially. When I yeah. talk to people who are like not happy on teams, I'm just like, quit. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're not happy for that long, you know, a week, who cares? But yeah. like, if you're months and months, like, I hate this team. <laughs> what well, you hear once in a while? Not too often lately, but I've heard it. Right, right. It's like, then why are you on it? Yeah. Right. I've got to be on Herald Knight. Why? Like, you, whatever you're going to get from being on these house teams, you already got before you got on. You met the people. You have the connections. Yeah, it's a visible stage, but not as visible as doing, like, a sketch show. Right, Or true. a one-man show. That's more of it. That's what you care about. There's better way – a web series. There's better ways yeah. to get your face out there. Mm. So if you're not having fun, don't do this thing that doesn't pay, that doesn't get you anything other than more improv, which right. also doesn't pay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, improv makes you a better writer and actor. So do writing and acting, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then do improv because you love it. Yeah, yeah. So if it, you know, what you're doing is not fun, don't do it. Again, like you can have a bad month, 
<laughs> I've had months where I'm just like, I don't like it anymore. I've definitely had phases in my career where I'm like, I might quit. I might quit soon. And then it starts getting fun again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like before I was in a Herald team, I was um, my indie teams had all died. And I was like, ah, maybe I'm done. I think I was in a class at the time. I was like, once this class ends, maybe that's it for me. I'm not rehearsing anymore. Maybe this is fading out. I love it still, but I don't want to necessarily form a group. And ugh, No, I don't want to do it. And then a friend asked me to join his group, and I said no. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm getting out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm cashing out. Uh, my friend, I'll still be around because my friends were on teams. My brother was on a team. I was like, I'll still go to shows, but maybe I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, no, just join my team. And I was like, I don't know. And then, uh, he, like, the third time he asked me, I was like, all right, I'll join. But in my mind, I'm like, I'll join. And if it's not fun almost immediately, I'm right. out. Right. I'm just out. I don't know any of these people. I know him. And I know one other guy, sort of. Right. Uh, and I joined that team. And it was pretty fun. The first couple of shows were fun. Like, we just gelled well. And then we did this indie cage match show where we did really well. And that was a boost. And I also felt really good in those shows. And I was like, oh, this is a blast. The rehearsals <laughs> were funny. I was like, oh, this is so great. And I did it for like, I, that was the team I was on until I got put on a Herald team. Amazing. Right. Like, it was like, it was so much fun. It just was easy again. And was you know we did shows for nobody, right? Just like any indie show, we do it'd be like one person in the audience. Yeah, amazing. And so it's like, well, no, I don't care. I'm having fun. I don't care who sees this. God, the, yeah, I, I've seen fair. way too many indie teams that are not just having fun. Yeah, they're just so in their head. They're worried. They're whatever. Yeah. I'm just uh, like improv. You can do anything. Yeah. I mean, that's also where I met Eric Tanoi. I'd known Eric Tanoi before, but he joined that team shortly after it formed. He was mm-hmm. asked to join immediately. Was on another indie team, didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And that indie team started to crumble, and I think he's like, okay, I'll join. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he saw us have a couple good shows. He's like, oh, they look pretty good. I, I would join them. Yeah, he's he, playing hard to get. He, he was play. so <laughs> fun to play with. Like, yeah. We gelled right away. Like, we liked the same things and just, like, we were bad in scenes together because I think we were doing the same thing. <laughs> right, right. So, like, there was nobody filling in the gaps. It was just us doing the same. But, like, we would be, like, in every other scene. Yeah. Like I'd be watching his scene from the back line, he'd be watching mine from the back line, and it was a blast. I remember running into him trying to do a tag out once. <laughs> we collided because we both were so excited to do a tag out, and we fought on the back line for a moment. And I think he won. You guys uh, were doing the same tag out, the same. Yeah, we, idea. we knew it. Like, the moment yeah. we ran into each other, I was like, "I want to do this move." <laughs> Time for super fast man. Uh, I want this move. <laughs> and then Eric got in and did it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a great move." Ah, uh, uh, yeah, but it was just, to me, it was just funny that we fought over it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah it was like so that was great and like Kevin Craig is on that team and he does right. magnet and pit stuff pretty he's funny so too. funny is this Primal Bias you're talking about this is uh, no, different Stomping team. Ground oh okay Sean Taylor who's over at the Magnet yeah. was on this team uh, stacked yeah it was a it was a really fun team some of the people aren't doing improv as much anymore uh, but it just worked and it was really fun Primal Bias formed out of uh, when uh, my second Herald team Filth got broken up right uh, a bunch of teams got broken up at that same time, and this guy Terry Jin, who was on Herald teams and around for a while, formed like a night of like a less competitive improv night. Oh, okay. Um, sort of like the Queen's Secret Improv Theater feels right. like. It sort of is like here's a chance for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he called me up immediately. He's like, "You just got cut. You want to do this?" So I was like, "All right, I'll do it." And so I started. I called Kevin Craig, who also just got cut. I was like, "Do this team with me." He's like, "Of course." Uh, and then I was like, well, "Who should I ask?" And I just asked all like my favorite people who were great thinking they'd all say no because they're on herald teams mm-hmm. but we didn't rehearse so they were like i'll do another show <laughs> but in my mind i'm like i they're not gonna want it they're too busy right right and i asked right, eric right. tonight he's like oh yeah definitely I asked my friend dave lombard oh yeah i'm in uh i asked uh uh 
How many is that? Uh, I asked Gavin, who just right. got on a Herald team, was like, oh, yeah, definitely. He's like, oh, Jesus, all <laughs> wow. right. And I was That's talking awesome. to Will, who I had not really improvised with much before. I think maybe we'd done one Brother Sign show or none. Hmm. Not much. And hmm. I was like, who should I get for my sixth person? And I wasn't asking him because he was always complaining about how busy he was. <laughs> and, he, and he got real quiet. And I was like, do you want to be on the team? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it just seems like you're too busy. I didn't think you'd want to do another show every other week. He's like, yeah, you're right. I can't do it. And then he got off the phone with me, and then somebody called him to ask – another person called to convince him to be on their right. project team. They talked him into it. They convinced him he had enough time, and he's like, great. I'm going to join my brother's team instead. <laughs> Hung up on them. Called me back. He's like, I can do it. So someone else talked him into joining oh, the team. I was like, great. You're in. You didn't talk him in at all. You had no effort. <laughs> I told him not to do else. it. Yeah. And he was definitely a key element. And then that show – those shows were fun right away. And then later on, we added Sylvia. Yeah, wow. who is amazing? Wow, she's so good. Um, a few of you, your shows are still on YouTube. I've seen a few. Yeah, of them. Uh, it was. It's a great team. It was a super, and it was like also all friends of mine. Yeah, so it's like it was. I was trying to put together a team that's like these are people who would be great at improvisers, but if the show gets canceled and we all have to just go over to one of our houses and hang out, it'll be just as much fun. Yeah, yeah. If you can get both those things, yeah, that's great. That's an Amy Poehler quote, right? Life's too short to improvise with people you don't yeah. like. And it's not even just don't like. It's like these are people I loved. <laughs> these people are like, oh yeah, I want to hang out with all these people. That that brings me going back to that, and then um, that, that first that indie team you did that you had a good time on. It uh, seems yeah, like stomping ground. the stomping ground. It seems like it's just not that the improv is there to help you with guidelines, but you, you're not you don't love the. I mean, you love improv, but it's not about the improv. It's about the people you improvise with. Sure, right? Like yeah. that's that's how you have a good time. I mean, it's, it's a, the people you surround yourself. Probably with. a little bit of both, right? Oh, yeah, improv sort of it does have this sort of magical like mm-hmm. we just yeah. made that out of nothing. Yeah. yeah, but if you're doing with people you don't like, then it's probably not a scene you like, and you're not going to like it that much. Right? Uh, if it's people that you're enjoying being with and make you laugh, and it's just like are fun, it's great. Uh, and you know, I think most of the people in the community are great, which makes it easy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, but you have the, you know, there is that just aspect of like, oh, who do I want to spend time with? Right. Totally. You know, and I'm on the curfew, and before that, Ruben Williams, and these are teams that we're not necessarily friends beforehand. We weirdly become friends because we're on a team together. Right. And I'm very grateful that, like, after a show, we go out and it's like, oh, I like talking to all these people. Yeah. And I'm like, there's this fear, like, what if I hated Charlie Todd? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been on a team with him now for oh, so long, or Brandon Gardner. The three of us have been on a team together for so long. Like, what if I didn't get along with those guys? Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't know. I knew Charlie, and I would be surprised if I didn't like Those are both pretty easygoing guys, but yeah. you just don't know for sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, they're super fun. Yeah, it could be a fierce racist. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it makes it easier. It yeah. makes it easier uh, when you like these people and they're yeah. not too racist. <laughs> yeah, not too, um, just the right amount of racist. <laughs> what was it? Um, maybe one. Yeah. Um, let's. It is maybe time to improvise a little bit. Oh, okay, sure. Hop into a set. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you? We do it all sorts of ways. We've done a premise once or twice. Usually, we just take a word and go. Let's just do it. We've done openings. Do done no openings. Awesome. Do you normally do openings or just um, organic mostly? Well, curfew does an interview, right? I like it all, man. Time. I'm one of those people who curfew doesn't do an interview anymore. We just stopped. Oh, you used to. Yeah, we yeah. were doing it for a few years. And now we just do organic first half, monocene second half. Oh, That's so nice. Cool. Um, so awesome. I like I like both. Uh, honestly, like premise is very exciting to me because you hit the ground running. Like, in a year, I'm going to miss doing premise openings. Mm-hmm. And it, but I'm the one who, I think, pushed hard to stop doing them. I was sort of, like, tired of it. I'm tired of the interview. 
Uh, if I could do a pattern game, I'd be happy. Um, <laughs> you're, like, you're a huge fan of the pattern game. I like. I think pattern games are very simple opening, and it's very yeah. clear ideas. Like when I do the lottery, or um, uh, uh, what's another thing like that? The jam. Uh, I guess uh, I can only think of the lottery. Like if I do something like the lottery, and and like I show up and they're not doing pattern game, I'm a little hurt. I'm like, oh, <laughs> part of the reason I wanted to do this was to do a pattern game. <laughs> You look forward to pattern games. I do. I think they're fun. I think they're, I think they're easy. I think the games that come out of it are great. I don't get why people don't like them. Should we I think make... people who are good at pattern games um, are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see people that are really good at pattern game, I'm like, you guys get game. Their scenes might be bad. I'm like, you get it. And you can't do a pattern game and not understand it. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Really. Uh, but no, I don't want to. I don't want to. They're weird. You don't want to do a pattern game? Will and I, Will and I do them when we do two man heralds, and they're hard too. With few, with not many people, they're very tough. I think. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Yeah, I agree. We, yeah. yeah, we've done a couple. If we had words. two more people, I'd be gung ho for it. But three person, a lot of silence. We'll for get our podcast. sound engineer and a stranger, and we'll do it afterwards. Great. There you go. And I got a couple of voices. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, cool. Let's right uh, take a word and go. I have a suggestifier app on my phone oh, that gives weird. me suggestions. And anything I want. Someone made that? It's yeah, weird. someone out of Seattle made it. And it, it gives you like uh, suggestions, plus also gives you like a, whatever you want interview questions, anything. How many words are in there? I, I have never seen the same word twice, so I have no oh, idea. Oh, man, I'm going to get that app. Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's called the Suggestifier app. I should well, email them. Like tell them. I give him so much shit for it. Because he just wants to say a word. I'm like, that's not improv if we give ourselves a suggestion. I, don't know, and go I, into I can it. just say a random word. I mean, it is word. improv, but you know? yeah. I like yeah. the idea of it being externalized. I do us. rehearsals with a group called Code Red, and uh, we like pick up a book or whatever and just pull out yeah. a word, but like. Man, this is that's great. I don't know. It depends what quality the words. Welcome are. to 2014. Uh, yeah, the suggestion I have here is skate. S K A T E. That's a pretty good suggestion. It's decent, right? <laughs> it's not food, and it's like it has a couple. Of Skate's games. a fish. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Oh, um, uh, sir, is your fish to your liking? Um, I didn't realize it was a fish when I ordered it. Oh. I, uh, I ordered it because it looked like the one item on your menu that wasn't a fish. The oh. steak is is the steak. Oh, skate, skate. Oh, I'm sorry, it's I misread it. Oh, I misread the menu. I'm sorry, a steak. Um, Your menu isn't that weird cursive font. Yeah, uh, Courier Sans. Courier Sans. I don't care oh. what font it. It's hard to read, and I thought it was a steak. Do you want me to take your meal back? I'm sorry. I mean, do you have anything that's not fish? Oh yeah, we. Um, Everything looked like it was fish. We, I couldn't read the words. They all sounded like fish words. Well, this is a fish restaurant, and this is the you yeah. know the bay. This is the Baltimore. Yeah, you know, we're, on the, we're on the wharf. I feel yeah. bad even asking. I'll eat it. No, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. I, I hate can, fish, but I'm going to. I'm going to. I can make it you a peanut butter no. sandwich. So you don't want. Ugh, don't make. I mean, I'd love a peanut butter sandwich, but I'd oh. feel stupid sitting. This oh. is a very fancy restaurant. Oh, it's okay. You're going to bring me a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, we have it for you mainly for the children, but yeah, we have Ugh, some peanut butter. It makes me feel so. worse. Oh, I'm sorry. Me and children. Well, yeah, well, bring me one. Bring me one, but leave the fish. Okay, okay. I don't want people to know I'm eating the peanut butter sandwich. Okay, I understand. This will. Can keep I have a chocolate food. milk? Uh, well, yes, we do have chocolate. That'd be milk. great. I don't want. I don't really like wine. Can I? Okay. I ordered it because it. You said it paired good. Yeah, yeah. The red wine pairs perfect with the skin. Yeah, I'd rather. I think with peanut butter sandwich, uh, chocolate milk probably pairs better. Uh, do you want me to leave the wine? Or do you want me to just... Yeah. Okay. Or serve the chocolate milk in a wine glass. I will do that. Great. Uh. Okay. Um, hold on. I'll be back in just a oh, quick minute. Crayons? Do you have I'll crayons? Have, no. <laughs> this is, what are you going to crayon on? On the tablecloth? That's a regular tablecloth. Please don't do that. Okay. Well, now you've got Carabas. me in the frame of mind. Right. I'm I, sorry. 
I'll bring a paper tablecloth and some crayons. Thank I you. did used to work at Carabas, and some of my old materials are still lying in there. Great, back. thank you. All right, I'll be back in just a quick minute. Tucker, in uh, at OK Cupid, you said you were a child at heart. I didn't think that you would just act like a child. Um, I well, okay. I mean, that's your assumption, I guess. I I mean, I was pretty honest. Well, I, I just assumed it was all a metaphor when you said that you enjoy spending your time. Uh, Playing with fire engines and coloring. That's a terrible metaphor. You were you were you were dreaming of a different person. Oh. That's the problem with these dating profiles. Like you read something and you you just hope it's what you actually wanted. I was very clear. I said I'm a child at heart and I play with fire engines and toys. I thought that, that meant just general whimsy and No, I would have said um, whimsical in oh. that case. Okay. Well that means I didn't that mention you... anything anything to make you think I'm an adult. Here Anything. You Here you go, sir. Got a, a paper a placemat. I, uh, you crayons, know what? Just so. put it in a to-go box. You want the crayons and the paper to go? I want the crayons and the paper to go. <laughs> you know, this you, date is not going well. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I only have the Hershey's mix. I was about to mix it for you, but if you want to just give you, you the You could mix. mix it and put it into a to-go cup? Sure. Do you have straws? I have. Well, have we have straws. Crazy straws? <laughs> you know what? We're not supposed to, but I have. we have a few crazy I straws. I love crazy straws. I'm a rebel when it comes to ordering the supplies. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is a great restaurant. You pick, you know what? I don't like you, but oh, you well. picked a great restaurant. Well, you're welcome. Yelp. Also, um, I've been ignoring your girlfriend this time. I'm sorry about that. Well, or the lady. Not, not my have, girlfriend. Yeah, Definitely, clearly. Mm. This is a first date. You know what? This is why everyone said we should just get coffee first. And I said, let's go for the date. I'm pretty desperate, okay? I've been on a lot of these okay Cupid dates, and honestly, you've been the worst. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. How, I heard that. The worst out of a, a lot. Mm-hmm. I said a lot of these and I'm a the lot. worst. I go in a lot. Mm, I've seen you here a few times before. That's well, well, now yeah. this place feels less special. Well, I thought maybe you took them all to different places. <laughs> no, you bring us all here. This is well, my you know table. What? This is your table? Yeah, and there's going to be How, Why did you out. ignore her? She's always here. Well, I know what she wants. I don't. She always orders the same breaded fish fillet sandwich. Right. Right. You get the same meal? Yeah, that's actually the second time I've had it tonight. With chips and then uh, seltzer water. Chips. This seems like such a fancy restaurant. And then you brought up that bowl of potato chips. That's just what I work for my customers. The rest yeah. of these tables are covered in the fanciest meals, if you see. I see. We have like uh, fish l'orange and we've got uh, escargot over there. And that child over there is drinking wine. Ch- oh, excuse me. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> they seem so adult. Well, some people in this restaurant seem so adult. Ouch. Well, ouch. You want a little Scooby-Doo Band-Aid? Excuse me, young sir. Uh, You shouldn't be drinking that. That's wine. I'm pretty sure that I should be drinking this. My son drinks what he wants. Uh, Well, I appreciate that. I do understand you're his his father, but Mm -hmm. legally, he's not allowed to drink that. I can get a lot of trouble here. Oh, I won't turn you in. Okay, but do you want to? Do you want me to fill that up? Can we just top off his wine? Just top me off if you would, <laughs> sir. I would love to, but <laughs> yeah, your son uh, speaks yeah. impeccably. I just want to say, thank you. You well, couldn't be more than seven a... years old. Is that correct? Uh, seven and three quarters. <laughs> wow, his... a little. Old. He's he looks young for his age. I do. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, his fractions are incre- uh, impeccable. But I, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't, in good conscience and well, legal conscience, continue to serve your son wine. Well, then just leave the bottle here. I'll do the serving. <laughs> it's not necessarily about the mm-hmm. serving; it's about the concept. It's uh-huh. my, if he's drunk, it's our liability. It's a liability issue. If I our see. restaurant, he's serves- not driving. Would no. you rather have me drink wine? I'm driving home. Well, that's why I'm not drinking any wine. <laughs> well, 
That's so you ordered wine for your son? Well, I've I had ordered... a long day today. Uh, what did you do today, young man? You... I had a spelling test this afternoon. What word did you win with? Centrifugal. Oh. How did you <laughs> he knows that? you won. He can just tell by looking at you that you're a winner. He can I, see my badge. Compared to other seven-year-olds, I did see your killer a spelling bee badge. Uh-huh. You recognized it for what it was. <laughs> Listen, I can't handle this. <laughs> I have to go. Uh, just promise me you're not going to give me one. If you're if you're an adult and you've got a real conscience, promise me you're not going to give me one. I will not make that promise. Okay. I will promise that I will take full blame slash credit if anyone asks. And while you're out, why don't you bring a port for my uh, for my father and for the table? Uh, okay, do well, you not want to drink? Is I that... don't want to drink. No, but if my son makes me, I will do it. Look, I don't. I don't listen, I'm going to bring sc- it. My son scares me. <laughs> I'm scared of my son. I figured. Listen. I have to do what he says. If he throws a temper tantrum, I just won't hear the end of it. Is he really your son? He looks like a man in a suit. I I think he's... I don't know. I think there may have been a mix of it at one point. I'm just... I'm going for it. What point? Three months ago, (laughs) I was at the playground with my son. I looked away, and then this man walked up and said he was my son. And I wasn't paying attention, and I put him in my... I put him in the car seat, and I took him home. And I now assume he's my son. I don't know. I don't know. I can't go to my wife now and say I grabbed the wrong kid. Did your wife not recognize him as a different man? She's Seriously? a busy woman. Oh, hey, kid. Hey, kid. Come over here. Come over here. Uh, yeah. Is that your father over there? Uh, yeah. The uh, the lawyer. Uh, we, I, yeah, he, lie. he does a lot of stuff at home. He's the guy in the suit. Did you want to play monkey bars? Yeah. I've uh, Actually, I have a new fun game that we can play. Oh, I've dug a hole in the middle of the sand. Why don't you stand in it? In the hole? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> hey, I'm in the hole. Father, I'm ready to go into the minivan and head home. All right, just put you in the car seat. Oh, you're put on a few pounds. Well, you know, the breakfast cereal that you serve. I'm okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that would... Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, you know what? We'll cut down. Message received. Very well. Maybe perhaps a high-fiber option. I, I didn't know you were even aware of the fiber content of Frosted Flakes. Uh, I will, we'll Listen, switch you to a high-fiber cereal. Thank you. Frosted Flakes is atrocious for a digestive atrocious. system. I smell someone who's going to win me a spelling award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. These are the Highline Skates, dude. The best of the line. Okay. Right. I'm really looking to shred some gnar. Yeah, dude. I look at you, you're a total shredder, dude. You totally shred some gnar, man. These are top of the line, highline skates. I think those those pair right there, they're used only by one skater before, dude. Oh. Mr. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Those are his skates, dude. Whoa, those are his inline rollerblades? Those are his inline <laughs> rollerblades. Man, he was a really, really, he wasn't a professional rollerblader, but he was pretty freaking good. Extreme enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, hold I'm on. back from my inline roller skates. <laughs> Whoa, oh, Mr. Mr. Hawk! That's right. I regretted selling them back to you. I still have some street to shred. <laughs> oh, whoa. You know what? Just take him back, dude. The fact that you come into my store is such a big uh, gift for me anyway. Sure, sure. Wow, you're Tony Hawk. I saw you shredding outside. You're yeah. moderately great for an, an like an enthusiast. I shred yeah. everywhere I go. Man. I don't know how to not shred. <laughs> Yeah, man. I think uh, uh, my my uncle's a cop. He's always so pissed when he sees you rip up the streets, man. Yeah, man. I literally shred them apart. <laughs> yeah, dude. The I shred so, so p- hard. There's potholes down the street. <laughs> 
Mr. Hawk, you're standing here in front of the city board ordinance. I just want to say you are single-handedly responsible for most of our budgetary improvement issues. We are we're always spending money to repave streets, and we've come to the conclusion it's mainly you shredding up our streets. Guilty. <laughs> well, Mr. Hawk, can you remove those sunglasses? <laughs> and please, remove that killer hat. I'll remove them, but I got sunglasses and hats underneath this hat and <laughs> no! sunglasses. Another pair of sunglasses. That's right. I'm going to have to ask you to remove those pairs as well. I can't. What? Sun's too harsh, man. <laughs> You've got to wear sunglasses. You're going to get eye cancer. That's... You know what? My wife died of ocular cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Hawk. Serious oh, condition, though. Shredding memories. Here, take my second pair of sunglasses. <sighs> I was vehemently against these about a minute ago. They look good on you. Yeah, you they know look what? great on you, Randy. Hey, what do you think? They're try this man. skateboard. Oh, I can't. I'm a, no, I'm a 64-year-old man. Try I it can't now. But, whoa. There you go. Whoa. There you go. Uh, Don't slow down. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the street. Oh my god. There goes Randy through the wall. You won't be seeing him again. He's on a shred journey. Uh, uh, we cut to four months later. It's the other side of the country. Uh, we were in uh, Maine before. Now I'm, I'm shredding. Randy's shredding through California. <laughs> well, welcome to Venice Beach. <laughs> Venice Beach. Holy shit. How'd I make it all the way out here, man? I don't know. You must have been... Well, look at the ground behind you. It's totally shredded up. Oh, my God. What did I do? Well, look you're, lucky, you're lucky you hit the sand, dude. <laughs> I hey, man, behind. try out this surfboard. <laughs> I left behind a family in life. <laughs> hey, man, fastest way back is on surfboards. That'll get you back. Where are you going? I'm going to Maine. <laughs> all right. Angle yeah. it north. Okay. I'll take your Thanks for the... Is it a free surfboard? For someone who shreds as hard as you, man, you got it. I'll take it. Shred is a lifestyle. Uh, there he goes. Whoa. Well, oh, he started going south. <laughs> Welcome to Argentina. Hola. Uh, Hola. Uh, Buenvenidos. Favor. Status Unidos, favor. Oh, la, la jefe más shred. <laughs> Muy shredísimo. <laughs> si, shredísimo, de máximo. Uh, favor, preciso ir retorno a Maine, Estados Unidos. Norte. Norte. <laughs> well, adios, amigos. <laughs> adios. Oh, no. Oh, what's that? What's, can you please just bring me a breaded fish? I have another date coming in a couple... What's that coming out from the harbor? What is... Oh my god, it's getting closer. He's shredding the ocean behind him. Take it easy, dude. Whoa! Whoa. Oh no, my fish restaurant. <laughs> block it. <laughs> right? It's okay, I block it out. Yeah, sure, you can block it out. <laughs> you can block it out there. That's fine. So you own the fish restaurant yeah. as well? Why was that guy so involved in city, city work? <laughs> it must have been a small town. He might have had yeah. like affairs. I was trying to hop into the other, my character from the first scene. Sure. Yeah, I was like, the guy received you. the surfer. No, I got you. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, like I thought. Randy. I thought the guy who crashed in also in the restaurant. I think he did. Yeah, Maybe it's all the same guy. I think, he's, I think he was just like, he owns a lot of businesses. So he's just one of those guys like cares about the town in Maine. Right. <laughs> the agree. harbor in Maine. Perfect. That's exactly what I assumed. Yeah. It's very clear. It's very clear. Uh, At the ends of shows, uh, uh, Third Beats in particular, I always think of as like, a, um, I'm a science fiction dude, and it's like reality is merging. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like chaos. 
Everything mm-hmm. is mixing up. We don't know what's true and what's real anymore. Yeah. So it's like those two guys were definitely different guys earlier. But by the end of the show, no, they're the same dude. You can't stop it. <laughs> don't you see? Yeah. And you don't question things anymore. It's just like, how did he, like, how did he surf here? Why, was he in Maine even begin? I don't know. Was, was that restaurant in Maine? It was. It had to be. Now mm-hmm. in this reality, in Earth 6, it has to be. Yeah, the restaurant, I think, was in Baltimore originally. Yeah, not anymore, man. But not anymore. Now it's in Maine. Yeah. From Maryland to Maine, dude. Small town in Maine called Baltimore. Just reality, reality. <laughs> changes to where you need it to be right yeah thank you very much for playing with us that was, that was really fun yeah, hope you had a good time oh, jesus um cool cool so i i usually i'm in my head but today i'm like fuck it i'm gonna play confidently oh, there you go you like... guys were very confident mm, yeah that was super easy set yeah i had a yeah it was fun like even when i said the months later we're gonna call like i've never done that i just said that <laughs> Such a plot. Was a smoothly smoothly labeled we were in maine is what you said <laughs> you like we cut this four months later we were in maine <laughs> After you cut, you re- you post and down the previous scene. For those of you that didn't realize yeah. from beforehand, uh, you could have if you could have four months later invented speech. We would have assumed he came from somewhere else. Yeah. You're like they need to know. It's important now to know how far he traveled. Not just cross country. Yeah, south they're yeah. cross country. If this gets Google, yeah, how did he do that? On a skateboard. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah you take the one of the. And then uh, why do we put you on a surfboard? That's a terrible way to get back to Maine. <laughs> yeah. I guess you would that have a great heightened, though. Yeah. Uh, no, surfboard, you could not get back. You have to go no, down to Panama. Yeah, Panama. Yeah, Panama. Yeah. actually a smart move. Yeah, yeah, you're right, I guess. Go through the canal and up again. Follow your instincts, Luke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you're like, looking for some river. I don't know if there's, an, there's, not, but there's no waterway. There's yeah. no waterway to get across. Uh, oh, the, the North Pole, you have to like go around the cap. Yeah. Well, I missed the Panama Canal. I ended up in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You're going that far. You barely. Missed that. You're going like 500 miles an hour. I don't blame you. I didn't need to eat nothing. I was just like, good to go. Yeah. Well, that guy's yeah. a seafood guy, so he probably could catch fish and eat them. Uh, so, yeah, let's start off right away with fun. <laughs> like, you're a great character choice. He's an adult. Yeah. But he wants children things to this restaurant. Yeah. yeah. That was such a slow. It wasn't like a premise where it's like, oh, you know, I just want the kid things that you yeah, have. Yeah. You established it just brick by brick. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the fun part of improv is. Uh, you you surprise yourself. Mm-hmm. You, everyone is surprised. Where it's like you didn't know it was going that way. That's the mo- like nothing is more fun than like oh is that what we're doing? Great, I'm on board. Uh, and yeah, that like I didn't know that I liked kid stuff either. Because when you first offered me the peanut butter and sandwich, I was like I don't want that. But I sort of did. Like, there's a tiny part of me that didn't. I was like well if I'm doing that, go all in. I guess I want more. And that was just like I mean theoretically it's yes ending, but like as a character I was just like well if I'm already kind of gonna let that happen. Uh, I might as well just take more and more and more and more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I, like, even initially rejecting it probably wasn't a great because I, uh, I should just accept the offer. In improv, it's always more fun to accept it. But I needed to get there. So, I need, like, I often describe it as showing the work. So, like, if I'm a character who's at a fancy restaurant and is embarrassed by eating the sandwich, I need to show how I then get to the point where I will accept that sandwich. Right. The quicker I get there, the better. Right. But the audience needs to see and or hear, in this case, that moment. Yeah, right. I forget exactly what you said. You're like, well, you know. At first, I said no, and then I thought about it. You offered it again, and I was like, all right, but leave the fish. <laughs> yeah, that's for the um, difference. And then after that, I was, I was, pretty I was falling in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he even took on more of a childish. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I was asking for chocolate milk and crayons. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's the way. I mean, that's you, it, going a hundred percent. It could work, but like, I don't know. Watching something grow. Is so fun. Yeah. 
And I also realized, I assumed you were with someone, but never mentioned it. <laughs> and then when you came in, I'm like, oh, I, I guess there was someone alone. sitting there. Uh, I thought I was alone. I yeah. I, I forgot I'm on my date. <laughs> <laughs> we had two dudes, though, right? You definitely. I think we later referred to you as a woman, but I think I was a dude. Oh, I, you guys were both dudes? I was named Tucker, and you you were using your normal voice. Yeah. Just, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not really 2014. Sexist, yeah. yeah, really, though. Well, it's Maine. Yeah, it's Maine, right. Old school. Things a little slower in Bangor, you know. News to me. Yeah, so like, um, I, I, I think I think the thing I was in my head most about was was the second um, uh, dinner location scene when it was the father and the son right. drinking the alcohol. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, me too. And right away, I'm just like, I, can't, I don't want to just say no to. You. I just want to. I don't want to just say no to the yeah. alcohol over and over again. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I was about to maybe cave well, in a little bit. But I think or, that you did the right. Like you, you had a point of view. It wasn't about. You, well, you can't be as like I think maybe if anything trips it up, it's I can't do it. I don't want to get in trouble. Isn't enough of a reason, right? Right. Because I could take that away, right? Somehow, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like one of the excuses students always use is like, uh, "Oh, it costs too much." What? It's like, "All right, here's a million dollars. Now you can afford it." <laughs> so it's like, "Oh, so it can't be that." Yeah. Uh, I have this thing with like Christmas gifts. I hate getting Christmas gifts that I don't think I'm going to use. Oh God. And my wife will be like, "Oh, well, you know, we're not paying for it," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's a waste of money anyway. I don't care that it's my money or not my money. It just feels like." Somebody paid for this thing that we're not using, right? And I'd rather that didn't happen, right? So it's the same sort of thing. Like there, you have to have that reason where it's like it's just my belief that we shouldn't get something expensive we're not going to use. Uh, uh, so like in this, it's like uh, I don't think kids should drink wine, right? It's not just because it's legal. I feel like, and you started saying this, like I, morally, I feel right. wrong about it. Right. And then once it's that, then you can say no forever because you've got a point of view and you're like willing. Even if you didn't work there, you might be somebody who walks over and goes, "No, no, no, no." Yeah. Don't let your kid drink wine. <laughs> um, so it doesn't matter now that you have any power or don't have power. Because yeah, it's my philosophy. Yeah. It's my – Then you can say no forever until the cows come home and we're going to say yes forever because he's my son. That's my belief. I can, right. My son can drink what he wants. Yeah. And then fun move. <laughs> like they're trying to go to the adult, I think. Yeah. That was a little crazy. Well, these, <laughs> you did that. <laughs> did I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Well, I just said he was a child. I just said, is this your son? He's a child. I, just, I was asking that. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. You said, is, that he, a, that is he crazy... your son? Oh. Yeah. And I said, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you had cast out. I think, I, maybe it was me. I think it was you that made him sound like he was a little man. I put him I, I, I put him as a child in a suit. In my yeah. head, I'm like, is, right. that a, is that a child or is that a little man? I think I, right. I did question that. Hmm. You're right. And I um, think I took. Well, which was great. Man, yeah. Did you? Th- I mean, or how about how about this? What, what would you? How would you describe that move? Is that maybe? I don't felt, been... It felt it felt organically, like because it switched games. We were basically doing, uh, um, like a slacker type, right. following tags type stuff for a while until right. the, until maybe the inline skate. But um, in that moment, we we were playing the game of I. My son's allowed to drink wine. Then when you order the port for me. <laughs> It did scare me. I was like, I have to do it because he said he was doing it. And then I was like, I'm scared of my son. And then the game started changing when I got scared of you. Yeah. And then that's when, like, because I'm scared of him, you said, is he your, really your son? Because to you, it, I think, and I don't know, I'm reading your mind at this point, but sure. like, why would you say that? To me, yeah. it felt like you were answering the question of why was I scared of my own son? Maybe because he's not my own son. Right. Uh, and so then, but because of that, I had to, like, I couldn't be sure of that. Otherwise, why would I be with him? So that's where I answered, like, I think he's not my son. Uh, and that's where that like, character's confusion came in. I think we were on the same page that that moment he was not my son. Right. 
And then that's when we filled in all the details of the switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that all built out of just, I'm scared of him. I don't think he's your kid. Uh, I don't think he is either. <laughs> then he's not. And now he's a little little man. Yeah, in my mind, it was like a 30-year-old man, very tiny, <laughs> yeah. with like slick back like hair. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a fun choice, though, to be a father afraid of his child. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way you ordered, you got more and more... Uh, uh, Commanding in that scene. <laughs> Order a port for my father. <laughs> Jesus. I'm on a port. Um, also, during that set, a little child died and just died oh. and we never neglected it. He's thrown into a hole. He could be alive. Yeah. yeah I guess we could I almost started the scene with people finding him. Oh, nice. So in my mind, he was found. Yeah, yeah, me too. We just didn't see it. Shouldn't have blacked out so soon. We should have saved the kid. Cut first. back, cut back. <laughs> yeah. Somebody buried a kid. <laughs> You just push him in a home. We might, he didn't even necessarily get buried. Yeah. Plus, that could also relate back to the city ordinance group. <laughs> that is a hole yeah. created by a shredding county hall. <laughs> right. We found a kid in one of the holes. You know. The, I think that happened in Maine. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. It's all Maine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, if you were to say, like, um, maybe like uh, take a little bit of a step back and kind of like note note the set. Yeah. Um, if anything. We spent a long time in that restaurant, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And if I was watching that show as an audience member, this is not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a part of me that's like, oh, I guess we're staying here. Yeah, I thought that too. We might have um, seen it. And a little part of me was like, oh, I didn't talk to you guys about editing or anything like that. So right. I was like, I didn't feel like I could edit, which isn't stupid of me. But I was like, oh, maybe we're just staying here and that's fun. Like you, yeah. when you made the transition to the other table, I'm like, oh, we're just staying in the restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I thought that was a. I enjoyed that move. And yeah, you're right. It yeah. would have been a cool idea. There was a moment even before that where I was like, "We're just staying at this table." Mm-hmm. When right. you came in uh, uh, as my date, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, uh, we're just staying at this table." And then you went to the table. I was like, oh, "That's a good move. That expands it. That helps a lot." Now we can get a lot of characters in. And then I, but I thought for sure that was it. And then when we switched to the park, I'm like, "All right." But now we're very attached to this world. So, like, weirdly, it was like – and then at one point we started a brand new scene. So if anything, I looked at that, I'd be like, we should have started a brand new scene earlier. Oh, okay. Just uh, uh, once you've done that, there's the comfort. Since it isn't discussed, it's like if we're not going to stick with it, we should cut away sooner. We can always go back to that restaurant or go back to that little kid moment of being switched. Um, You know, something like that. Right. Uh, uh, You know, and that's more just for comfort reasons. It's it's such a nitpick because – it was funny, and it doesn't matter at the end. The audience doesn't care. But if you spend half a show getting relaxed into this reality, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're also going to see three more realities, it's like, oh, okay. It's unsettling, I think, a little bit to an audience. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just cut into because we, we just I think it was the right move. Form. I think it's it was the right move. Uh, um, but that's why I think I was thinking about cutting to finding the kids in the park because in my mind right. that was our only option. Right. Because we had to follow somebody else. We already sort of followed the father and the son. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. Um, so I was like, "Well, what else can we follow?" And that's uh, that's where my brain was. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess we could just go anywhere. There's no rules, <laughs> whatever." Um, so I guess, if I was looking at that, that'd be my one thing. But the scene wise, the, the scene work I thought was solid. Um, and you know, the other nice thing, like when we were in the restaurant, we played multiple games. We switched games here and there, and that feels more comfortable in a mono location type scene where it's mm-hmm. like, well, the only way to play a new game is just to start playing a new game. Right. If you're editing a lot. It's nice to just play one game per scene. Not right. necessarily a rule, right? By any stretch of the matter. But there's something very easy about like within these walls, one game, and then when we're between two more walls, it's a new game, right? Because um, then you can just really blow it out, and at the end they can get mixed up a little bit. Yeah. But not like we do that in a curfew. Games change all the time. Mm. You guys are so fluid. Um, 
you know, it's more of a herald muscle that's just like right. one game per scene mm-hmm. until the third beats. Yeah. Uh, so that all that stuff's kind of nitpicky, but I guess what it comes down to, and I think since we all felt it, like, oh, can we edit? Are we staying here? Like the fact that that was going through at least yeah, me too. <laughs> some of our minds. Yeah, like, we uh, maybe come but up with because of that, guidelines. like we should have done something to make it really clear that we're staying or not staying. Mm-hmm. And if we were staying in the restaurant, it's to bring another character in. Like right, rather than play the dad, I should have walked up and been like, you know, like the manager of the restaurant or like the chef. You need to get to the kitchen. <laughs> like, we ran like, out of potatoes. If chips. I did, a, if I did a move like that, it probably we would have stayed there because yeah. it'd be right. like, oh, okay, well. We wouldn't introduce that character if we were going to leave soon. Right. We've now opened the world up even more. Now it's more than just tables. Interesting. Um, so that's uh, like a, a bird's yeah. eye view that you had. That I think you were aware of that we were doing those two scenes that were in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It felt to me like it was a mono scene. Uh, uh, probably also a little bit because I didn't know the time constraints. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe that makes sense. Maybe that's what you guys do all the time is what went through my mind. I was like, oh, maybe we're just doing mostly. Maybe that's what they always do. Yeah. Even though you had already said to me, we do different things all the time. Uh, I was like, maybe that's what they always do or usually do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go with it because I can, right. I can do it all. No. <laughs> well, uh, we, well, for a while, I'm just like, maybe, yeah. I was also in the early. I'm like, this might be a mono scene. I don't know why. Because yeah. I, I love mono scene. I don't know why sure. I ripped this out of it. But yeah, I, I know for me. I love the Tony. I love being Tony Hawk. Yeah. You were so cool. My Tony, Tony Hawk was Hawk. so was... convincing. I said shred. <laughs> that was my favorite move when you're like, oh, you can ask me to take my sunglasses off. But I got sunglasses and the sunglasses. <laughs> I like that you guys, the moment I walked in, I was like, I'm here for me. Let's get you guys both with Tony Hawk <laughs> and Houston. Something about that where it's like, I mean, it. it Seems obvious, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone gets it. And uh-huh. just to have you guys both on the same page for that moment was like felt really good to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the listeners couldn't see the look on his face. It was yeah. Mr. Cool. He was totally Tony Hawk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, going back a little bit, like I know for me, like especially, like I love approaching the stage not knowing what we're doing form wise. Sure. Or do you like? Would you prefer? Because I know some players I aren't like, like that. I like both. Um, it's. If you're not, if you don't know what the form is, it needs to be. A, I think it's helpful to be a group that is comfortable trying things and, and are good at reading it. And it's it's more, it's more like you need to have a common language. So, like for example, Kurf used to do sort of a find a form thing. Mm. For a while, it worked pretty well. We're like we don't know the form when it starts, and then it might just be kind of a montage in a macro location. That's sort of our fail safe. But if something cool happens, we're gonna chase that. But the guy would make a cool move or Chelsea would make a cool move or Charlie would make a cool move. But if we didn't recognize what they were trying to do and we don't rehearse that often, very rarely. Right. We talk about things after shows. But like so we don't have that shared language. We didn't come up on a team together. We didn't all work together. So that like my moves aren't necessarily recognizable by Jim Santangeli, right. which are not necessarily recognizable to Eric Tenoy. And so like we had moments of like all our shows were just becoming macro location shows. Mm. We were always falling to the fallback. Um, so that was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I work with this group, Code Red, which I used to coach, and then I forced myself onto the team. Mm-hmm. And we've done shows definitely where we're like, well, let's just figure it out, or let's make up like a rule and then see where it goes. Uh, we definitely have done rehearsals where we're like, well, let's figure it out. And that because we rehearse and then discuss it and figure it out, there's more likely a common language there where it's like if I did a specific type of move, I'd have more confidence just because of those rehearsals, not because of the people that they would get it because like, Oh, we've talked about these sorts of things. And like Fuan would do all these weird things. And it was because we rehearsed so much that, you know, when we did the show, it's like, Oh, this is sort of like what we did in rehearsal. So I recognize it, what you're doing. I get what you're going for. Mm -hmm. Or at least you've done so many weird things. I get the kind of weird things you do. 
Uh, and I think that's tough. But I love that sort of stuff. But it's frustrating if you make a move and it gets missed often. Yeah. Um, and it's not even bad. Like to do a good scene, you shouldn't get mad. But it sucks to be like in a good scene going. I tried to do something cool, <laughs> uh, and they didn't get it. And it's like, well, who cares? Yeah. Uh, at the end, of, like they'll just do a funny show. Then maybe we shouldn't worry about that. Right. Uh, but I, I like the idea of like finding a form. I think it's really cool. But I think that's a group that needs to rehearse regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we realized. I think that's why we are. Uh, doing mono scene second half some kind of a loose first half because yeah. it's like there's specific rules that sort of work for that um, that we don't necessarily and like you know you can still do cool things and they still need to be recognized and there's some of that stuff we would but it takes some of the question marks out cool very yeah. cool yeah yeah I don't know uh, uh, but <laughs> I love I love um, uh, we used to as Primal Bias for a while did mono scenes uh, unannounced mono scenes so we could bail on them if we wanted to. <laughs> nice. And we would, but we would also kind of know it's like if we don't bail on it in the first few minutes, we're probably sticking with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like if we start like, Ugh, I don't want to spend 20 minutes here. <laughs> Edit. Boom. And no, we didn't tell the audience that that doesn't matter. <laughs> but if we stayed like 10 minutes, then we're there. Unless maybe you do a little button at the end or something. Right. But for the most part, you're like, all right, we're staying here. I really like that because I feel like a lot of times uh, when teams try to do forms, they like force it. Where I find that forms are best when they bring out the best qualities of sure. the team. Yeah, and every now and then just like uh, – I think the other thing is just to be a team that's like, well, here's what we're doing. But in the back of your head, you know, it's like if that's not working, I might do something different. Mm-hmm. And be like, I'm not going to ruin the show because we are doing this one thing. If I, like you have to trust each other. I did classes called instant gratification. Right. And in those classes I would – I teach a form, generally a pretty simple form, and then we do that that night. So we do it once or twice, and you do it in the show. And I kind of tell these guys, it's like, we didn't practice these. If you're on stage and you want to do something that I said is against the rules, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> I got to trust you. So it's like, do it. Uh, don't be like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. If your gut tells you to do it, just do it, and we'll deal with it afterwards. Right. The audience doesn't know the rules, <laughs> so we can break them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in general, this is what you should be doing, and I think this is what makes it work. But we don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's what just when you don't practice something a lot, that's what you have to kind of do. Mm. You have to have a team that you trust to do that. Well, well we trusted you. <laughs> and I trusted you. I it was real easy. I thought it was a real easy set. Yeah. Overall, was... like if I saw that set, again, I was in it, so that maybe biases me. Maybe not. The one guy was really good. <laughs> but like I watched it and I was like, uh, uh, that felt easy. Yeah, right. It felt easy. It didn't feel like we were working hard. It felt like we found some games. It's like, no. yeah, what sort of dislike? Yeah, I had a good relax. time. Yeah, good time. like I said, it was nitpicking. It's me looking for something to say. Like, if we could <laughs> make it better, what would it be? It's like, oh, the tension from can we do this or not in the middle was probably the only thing I felt. Yeah, and what have I noticed on watching it? I think so. Yeah, and it's related to tempo, right? I think yeah. tempo is really important in an improv yeah. set. So yeah, I, you play different when you know you're not leaving a location, right? Mm-hmm. Than when you think we're only here for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, after the fact, to think about that, it would have been so cool to just hang out in the restaurant, go to different tables. And sure. Yeah, go to and the you, kitchen. You, you, um, but you would have been stuck as that one character for probably most of it, which maybe isn't as much fun. Yeah, you're right. I'd have to really yeah. flesh out a, a, a fun POV yeah. or something. Because he was just sort of a standard straight man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a heart of gold. <laughs> um, you, uh, you, um, you, coined the, you, you created the four macro scene, right? Or you yeah. Were, yeah, um, and the macro scene is, is not like it's it's like that the was sort of the moment scene. you did when you walked over to the other table. It was a yeah. macro. It was like a macro choice, yeah. right? Uh, which those moves have definitely been happening, but just doing only those edits, right? I call that the macro scene, right? 
Um, yeah, I guess I coined it. I mean, I definitely created it inspired by lots of things I'd seen. Uh, I like forms that have like one hook. So it's like, oh, it's this, but one thing. Right. Like one constraint that you're now stuck with. And I find that very freeing where it's like all yeah, you need to do, uh, like when I teach the magazine, it's like the hard part is the edits. Everything else, just relax. Then you're in right. the easy part. <laughs> and there's something about that. I'm focusing so much on this one part. Everything else has to work if you're good. Because mm. you're out of your head uh, about yeah. it, essentially. Like Real Door Monocene. I don't know if you guys ever saw any of those shows that mm-hmm. I've done. Uh, it was part of Instant Gratification. I just did them recently, a one-night-off thing. I've I, I, I heard about it, yeah. And that's Monocene where people actually, and this is a very short form, leave the stage and go out into the back hallway so they can't hear what's happening. So when uh-huh. you enter... You don't know what's been going on. Nice. Uh, and that's the other than that, it's a mono scene. No other rules, no other twists, no other weird things. Because like that's enough. Uh, but it's just like having that one little extra hook. Right. Is very fun to me. Um, uh, so like a lot of times when I come up with forms, that's what I like to do. Is like what's the one thing we need to worry about, and then everything else hopefully is free enough that magic and weirdness and, and we can discoveries can happen. Right. But you do need some constraints. If like you go up with whatevs, then you're yeah. thinking about so many different That's things. That's why teams that just do montages and don't practice with like more constraints than that, or like I'm saying just montages, not even like let's do montage first three scenes or two, like sometimes you'll hear that three, two person scenes, then we can do whatever. That's a constraint. Yeah. yeah. You need something though. Uh, and I think it helps. And that's why I think UCB teaches the Herald more than anything. Right. More than Herald night is just, Learn a very constrained form. Mm-hmm. Then when you do other stuff, you have the muscles yeah. to do anything. I mean, everything's essentially a herald in some way. Some way. In some ways, Modern yeah. scenes are heralds. We yeah. were actually going towards yeah. it. If we want to go to a third table, that definitely could have been three first beat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I, uh, Charlie Todd always likes to say when you do a really good montage, it should feel like a herald. Because mm-hmm. it means nothing missed, so you want to bring everything back. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you bring everything back, well, then you're pretty much in a herald. Those yeah. group games. Yeah. And group games are great just for rhythm changes. Like, it just sort of naturally happens. Right. Uh, you do three scenes, something else. Bring back your three favorite scenes, something else. Let's bring it all together. Montage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, but, you know, montage is like, I don't want to bring that scene back. Right. So then you play a different game maybe in the second beat. That's where montages have that freedom of, like, that heralds don't. Where it's like, yeah. ugh, the game wasn't good. That was garbage. <laughs> Let's just, that'll be replaced, but everything else will be brought back. And, like, that can be nice so speaking yeah. of like when you do a scene that's just garbage if what if you're if you had to give advice to somebody it's like you want the scenes not going well or the, the set's not going well and they have to start a new scene mm-hmm. what's one thing that that person could be thinking about just to like get out of their heads it, it does depend on the structure if it's a herald it's different than if it's a montage okay what if it's uh just loose it's just if it's just loose you have a bad scene it's just forget all about it i don't know like just don't worry about it if there's nothing in there that you enjoyed and just start from scratch and start slow. I think the panicky thing would be like, oh, that wasn't good. This next one's got to kill. So then you'd start maybe too big rather than being like, oh, that didn't work. Like, you know, to start with something specific and small and build from it. Relax. I think that's just the easiest thing because you don't want to panic. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, without seeing the specific bad scene, it's sometimes hard to say. It's like maybe if what was bad about it was that nothing really happened, it's like, you know what? Maybe make a big move. Mm-hmm. But don't overcorrect. Don't. Don't like, you know. Don't freak out. Oh, no, I didn't get any laughs. This one's got to get laughs. If that's what you're thinking, trust the basics. So, whatever you normally do, keep doing that. Just listen. Again, respond. like, I always think of like sports metaphors, but it's like, play your game. Like, if you're losing the basketball game and you're playing your game, 
Maybe you're just outmatched, but like what you can't do is like go back and be like, you know what? Now we're just doing three pointers. We never do three pointers. <laughs> this is not the time to start doing that. We're in, we're an in inside. We hit. We go inside always. Play that game. Right. If you you know that's what you prepared for. That's what you got to do. You got to trust that that's going to work. You can make small adjustments, but you can't do a completely new thing. Three. Not easily. Yeah. Uh, and small adjustments are tough, but that's what I would say. Yeah. But I would also, I guess, say. Uh, if I was doing a second beat or if I wanted to pull from that scene somehow, I think there's always something good in there. Yeah. I never have seen a scene where I'm like, that's totally worthless. <laughs> nothing about that's good. I've never seen a scene where I'm like, perfect, 100%, nothing that <laughs> can be fixed. It's like if you really look hard enough, you can find something. So it's like when you're watching that bad scene from the back line or in it, or when you're on the back line thinking about it, you know, I have to do my next scene. Like if I'm doing a second beat off a bad scene, I'm like, oh, well, what was good about it? I don't think, oh, how do I fix it? Uh-huh. Like, well, I like that one part. That's my second beat. So I, I would like to think of it that way. It's like, well, this part worked. I want to do more of that. Nice. And like, I have bad shows. Will and I would do bad shows. But we would come off. We'd know the parts that we liked because that's the parts that started coming up a little more and more and more. <laughs> uh, and that would, like, take over a show. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe two quick things real sure. quick. Uh, first, this one I want to ask before. It's a little off topic. But I was just wondering, like, uh, what was it like improvising with your brother for the first time? Was that anything different than improvising with someone else? Um, or was that was there something a little extra to that? It's, uh, it's uh, No, it's definitely different. Uh, but I don't know how much of it is because he's my brother and how much of it is because he's a very good, experienced improviser. Right. And probably the first few times I played with him, I'd never played with anyone that good. Oh, okay. Um. So, like, there's part of that was like, oh, I'm playing with somebody who is, you know, two or three years better than me. And, like, mm-hmm. a, not, I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> but like, someone who's, like, a, a step, a big step ahead of me. It has more time in it at that point. Yeah, yeah. just, like, and like even before like even before I started doing improv, even before he started doing improv, he had done other, he had done tried stand-up, he tried this. Right. He had done some short-form stuff. Like, he had tried a few other things. Like, I came in cold. Right. Uh, and I think he's just always he was always a little more comfortable in it earlier, so it's just like oh this is a guy who's better than me, uh, who I'm doing a show with now just because I'm related to him. <laughs> uh, so I think that had almost probably a bigger impact. The brother thing, I don't know again because by the time we started doing scenes together, I was pretty comfortable with how I played. I think Will was more comfortable playing with me. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but mm-hmm. like I think like. To some people, like, he got on a team pretty early, and it was like – and I think this happens to people, and there's other people that's happened to that I don't want to name because I don't – I'm guessing. Oh. But I look at them, and I'm like, they get put on so soon that it feels like they're playing in a way of like, oh, I, I don't deserve this. I'm mm-hmm. not good enough to be here, even though they clearly are. It's like there's a part of them that's always like one step back, like, going, oh, I hope I, I hope I don't mess this up. Right. And then I think he played with me, and it was like, oh, Kevin's not going to judge me. He's not going to be a jerk about this. I can relax. Um, not that anyone was maybe doing that anywhere else, but like you, he just probably felt more comfortable and he kind of let loose, and that maybe was easier. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that. Um, yeah. As, as far as being brothers, other than like specifics that come up, um, not too much of it ties in. I don't right, think. Right. Uh, but you know, we're brothers, so also there's probably days where like we're a little annoyed by each other. That. <laughs> It'd be easier to, it's easier to ignore if you're not related. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like, oh, I'm annoyed with my friend, but on stage I don't need to think about it. But like, that's oh, my brother. I've <laughs> known him 35 years. So if I'm irritated, it's harder for me to push that aside. I, 
doing a year's worth of shows. There was a couple shows where it'd be like, oh. and then I'd get past it and be great. <laughs> How do you know uh, that you're in that? Do you like gift him with horrible things? No, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's more just right before we get on stage. I can feel it. Yeah, it's like and I think I'm usually pretty good, but it's like. You just, you're not playing as good. I don't think I do bad moves specifically, but it's just like I'm not doing as good a move as I probably could be because it's eating up some of my brain space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the uh, on the plus side, like we do have similar senses of humor. There are things that we both like. Uh, we do talk about improv a lot. So, brother or not, it's like we have so much common ground. We never rehearse together, but we have all this stuff that crosses over. That it's like, oh, that's easy. Um, like curfew more so now than they used to, but doesn't really do like fantastical scenes. Brother science does fantastical scenes a right. lot. Cause I love those and Will's on board with it at the very least. Um, so like giant birds will swoop down and like, we'll be knights and we'll be different timelines and, you know, science fiction and whatever we want can happen. Uh, and that's great. And we will also do scenes where we're just normal dudes, but like, you know, crazy things can happen. And I love that. So that's great that like, oh, yeah, he will not he will not justify that in a way that takes away some of the magic. There's yeah, there's giant birds that people travel around this town on. That's how we that's instead of cabs. We have giant birds. Great. (laughs) We're on the same page. Awesome. And that I think is great. Yeah. I'm just always curious about that. I mean, there's a few uh, related like, you know, Neil and Sean. uh, Yeah. Sean Casey. And and I bet the same thing. there. And, you know, it's like I grew up watching all the stuff Will told me to watch. Right. So we even have the same like. I grew up on the same comedy. Like, was like, oh, Monty Python. I'm like, all right, I'll watch Monty Python. Uh, yeah. Oh, Saturday Night Live. All right, I'll watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, so, at least for high school, through high school, I'm watching the stuff he told me to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then even later, like, we both sort of discovered the Marx Brothers at the same time. Mm. We saw a movie and we're like, oh, let's watch. And then we watched every Marx Brothers movie together. <laughs> and a lot of people don't like Marx Brothers movies. They're so old, they're sometimes hard to sell. But, like, I don't know. I watched them all, and I watched them all with him. Amazing. So there's something there. Yeah. Uh, I watched um, Stripes with Will. Right. Which is such a funny movie. Then I watched it with my college friends, and they hated it. What? And I was like, oh, this movie's terrible. What was I thinking? Oh, Oh, interesting. And then I rewatched it with Will. I don't even know why we rewatched it, because at that point, I was like, it's a bad movie. (laughs) And it was so funny again. I'm like, oh, yeah. You like this. And that brings out what's funny about it. And like, it's just much easier to enjoy with someone who's not sitting there going, I don't like it. Right. And I was like, oh, great. But like, yeah, we have that in common. And it's it's not a good movie in the sense of like, it doesn't quite make sense. It right. sort of cheats a lot of corners. Yeah. It's goofy and it's stupid, but I don't know. It sort of works under its own magic. They're driving around in a truck in Eastern, yeah. Eastern Bloc they Europe. They get into a Winnebago. They meet women yeah. and they talk about the hat. It doesn't make sense. There's a great moment early in that movie where that Bill Murray – is and I talked about the, I tweeted about this when Harold Ramis died, but uh-huh. Bill Murray is enlisted in the army. Um, I guess just to get his life going, like he's decided he needs to do it. And he looks at Harold Ramis and goes, "You should join too." And Harold Ramis goes, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense." But like they just didn't want to worry about it. Yeah, whatever. And it worked. And it's great. Classic Ramus. And it's just like, he's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it too. Because uh, I have to be in this movie. <laughs> that's, the, that's the movie we want to write. So I'm going to be in it. Uh, and it's also like, why waste so much time doing it? But like, it wouldn't have taken that much probably to write a character that, like, have them both want to join the army. Yeah. But for some reason, they didn't do that. He made fun of Bill Murray for wanting to join the army. He's like, you can't be in the army. You're not good enough. You'll never be able to do it. I'm doing it anyway. I'll do it with you. Yeah. What? They could have met at the enlistment, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it just, that's just, that's the movie they wrote. And like, there's a lot of moments in that movie that are just like that, where it's just like, well, we're not going to worry about that. Yeah, moment. but it's goofy and fun. 
That was 80s style, though. Yeah. All, all comedy was the sure. 80s. had so many I mean, It's also though. very early Bill Murray. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not. It doesn't even have the coherency of Ghostbusters, which right. makes sense all the way through. Yeah, they do stupid things, but like, there's a logic to that movie. Where yeah. that's why that movie is probably a better movie. But Stripes, I mean, Stripes changed army movies, <laughs> comedy army movies. Uh, if nothing else, the Stripes music is so good. Every time you watch a comedy army movie, they use Stripes in the trailer. The the, the, music, the music from the Stripes is oh. often used in army because, like, a lot of times when the trailers are made, they haven't recorded the music for right. the movie they're making so they'll borrow from like a similar toned movie and stripes is almost oh maybe not as much anymore but like for a while like it'd be like i definitely remember that from the in the army now trailer yeah yeah is that Polly shore yeah I'm yeah joking, that definitely used stripes. That probably def- that one is what i was thinking too the Polly shore one definitely used stripes <laughs> it's just because like that's funny army yeah yeah uh and it works i don't know Totally. But yeah so we have all that in common so i think that helped maybe more like that sort of stuff like you could have the same thing with like a a good friend you grew up with, but like we sort of forced on us to have all that stuff in common. I'm just curious. Cause I could yeah. never imagine performing. I have two older sisters. So I could never. Yeah. We hear that a lot from people like, I can't imagine doing shows with my <laughs> brother or sister or even just being getting along well enough to do that that often. Right. We're very lucky that we, I mean, part of it is that we were repress everything. <laughs> we <We're, laughs> nice. grew up in a household of men that didn't speak right, right. about things, but because like we didn't fight either. It's like we weren't hating each other. It's like we get annoyed because we're families and irritated, but we got along. We never with nothing was that bad. It's like you always hear it's like, oh, you must have tortured your brothers. It's like no, no. <laughs> like was Will really mean to you growing up? Not really. <laughs> was I mean to my younger brother? Not really. <laughs> we just we just were in the house together. I don't know. Uh, so like that helps. <laughs> yeah. There's no like bad blood. And I also saw the one show you did with your third brother too. Yeah. Was that was a kids match show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time he ever did improv. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. He now does improv uh, oh, does a little he? bit here in Hartford, yeah. He is a killer. He did that killer Bane move. It was yeah. great. He, yeah. It was really funny doing that with him. I know we're over time, but I think this is really interesting because he had never done it before. We did like one half rehearsal because he was so scared just to calm him down. And the main note we Neil, – Neil Casey coached us. Right. The main note Neil was trying to impart on him is like, just don't do any don't don't force it like don't worry just relax be yourself let the scene happen like these guys are going to take care of you because right. he wanted to make it funny yeah uh and like once he relaxed it was easier to do good scenes because if he was making it funny we had to constantly like be almost on damage control <laughs> so he relaxed and then uh, uh so we did the show and i, I remember in the show like very early on, he stopped being at the starts of scenes. He would just walk on after a little bit. Like once he saw the scene was underway, he felt comfortable and kind of would enter. Uh, and when he did the Bane move, I asked him about it afterwards, and he couldn't believe that worked. Yeah, he's like, I felt so stupid. Characters are so hacky, right? Yeah. So like, characters aren't hacky, and it was earned. <laughs> it was like we had already established like a town of supervillains, right? So having Bane be there made sense. <laughs> and like he beat up the mayor and took over. It's like yeah, it sort of fits. Like it was an earned character moment. He thought it was like. Characters are hacky. He doesn't right. do. He didn't do classes. Yeah. And then later on, he made like a pun, and I don't even remember the pun, but like it was just a joke. It was a joke in the middle of a scene, and like he was convinced that that was going to land. I could see it in his eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like boom, and I don't remember the line now, but it was silent. <laughs> and like he didn't know what to do, and so he sort of like fake laughed and like act like his character. And, like and that, that didn't really work, and like we kind of transitioned to a new scene to get away from it. But it was just like that was the moment he's like, why did that not work? That was a funny joke. <laughs> and it's just that from that not having done improv, it's like joke's good, character's bad when it's really the other way around. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it's fun to see him learn. And now he does it more and it's fun, yeah. 
Oh, we did great. one more show with him since then. We did a show in Hartford where Will and I went up and did a show. And because he's now started doing it a little bit, we did like a short little set afterwards with him. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, I was actually um, I was uh, downloading some movies today, and I downloaded Stripes. It's a great movie. No, oh, so we were just talking about that. Yeah. Do you, yeah, want, yeah. do you want to watch it with us? Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Oh, uh, I don't want to watch it with you guys. Could you like just forward it to me or something? What's well, a big afford you a gigabyte file? I mean, then no. It's high, it's I mean, it's it's either you, you know what? I, 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 I can put it on a flash drive. I can come great. over to your place. We can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I can. I can. I can just download it myself. Why don't you want to watch it with us? I, just, I feel like this is a lot of time already we have spent. Yeah. That's probably good for uh, ever, right? Uh, right. This felt like enough. Forever. I mean, I don't want to definitely say forever, but yeah, forever. All right, that's been Improv Noise. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Improv Noise. Very thank you for our special super guest, Mr. Kevin Hines. Yeah. Uh, thank my, you, guys. <laughs> my co-host, Brad Kula. And uh, Stefan Schutte. Stefan Schutte. And, of course, our uh, DJ Hagemeister out there on the computer. Ladies and gentlemen, keep making it up. Yeah. yeah. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>